0: This concept with we pivot you understand just how we living this for me is like rap religion hope i'm on because we got this sky when it comes to this y'all i can get it hype when it comes to this y'all calm ass risen how you living huh yo how you living pivot no we're,
1: we're always rolling oh we're always rolling right, forever yeah it's i was life. miked when i met you outside oh shit well, I had just auditioned and didn't get. Um, Alec Baldwin's doing a remake of Just Shoot Me. Uh, I don't know if, is that too soon? You tell me. Is that too soon? I don't know.
0: I think he should be shooting. He's having another kid. I think she, he should be shooting blanks.
1: It is awesome, entire life. Awesome Indeed, Blank. he doesn't need another. What kid. do you do? You run out of names. Do you just start saying Tito. Like what happens? I, I mean,
0: I think you just start renaming all your brothers. So like Billy Two, <laughs> Billy Two, Billy
1: right? <laughs> Well, James, voodoo, James, right. Baldwin. James. <laughs> James Baldwin. James Baldwin. Is he related yeah. to James
0: Baldwin? <laughs> Billy, or who is the other Baldwin?
1: Uh, fat you know, Danny Baldwin. Danny Baldwin, Baldwin Billy right.
0: Baldwin. And then who was the one in Backdraft? Was that Billy? No, who's the one in My Bodyguard? That was... Oh, that's
1: the Adam Baldwin. He's no, a different is Baldwin. Adam. Is
0: that Adam? Yes. He played Lindemann in that. That yes. was a great movie. But That great, was a great movie. Holds up, by the way. Holds up. Showed it to my 13-year-old son. Totally holds up. My bodyguard. It's like so a
1: crazy. That is surreal that you mentioned that. Because I was 12 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, Shot living. in Chicago at the Ambassador Hotel. Indeed.
0: Fucking Martin The Muld. pump room, I was, a ch- I was Ruth in, uh,
1: Gordon and Martin Mull. But this is how dumb I am. Um... I auditioned, got the role, and was so, Rudy? Ex- so excited no, no, Rudy. about summer camp. And I'd been on stage since I was eight years old at the Piven Theater. My parents yeah. were my, yeah. my teachers. And I said to my dad, because, you know, you just want to rebel. Right. And of course. And I don't want to do this. No, do you don't. I, do I have to make a movie? I want to go to summer mm-hmm, camp. Mm-hmm. Literally is what I said to him. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, you know, this is a great opportunity for you. And I ended up going to summer camp.
0: You're being a kid. I don't fault you. Good for your parents and good for you. Yeah, come on. I mean, my bodyguard was, I mean, that was like in the Chris Makepeace Renaissance where he did Meatballs and that movie. Wait, was that the
1: role you were up for? You you, booked? You're going very deep. No, it it, it wasn't. But the fact that I was even, and by the way, since then, I probably made 80 movies and all I do, you know, is look for a way to get out and take a vacation. No, is look oh. for the next movie oh, it right. Right. Still the point where I'm 200 years old, still single and a slave to my ambition. Right. And right. I'm married to my work. And then my work decided to see other people. That's, Good night, <laughs> everyone. Thank you. For <laughs> coming. We'll be right back. I'll be the Trader Joe's <laughs> later <packing laughs> uh-huh.
0: No, but I mean, that was like the I mean, as kids who grew up like, you know, that meatballs for us, you know, the Bill Murray meatballs, that was like. I, so my daughter, I have a 17 year old daughter and she's, you know, she's in, uh, she wants to go into acting as much as I tell her, please do not like, so your parents were like, we want you to be an actor and you should do this This It's a good opportunity to you. I'm like, please don't. You see how difficult this is. You understand what this is. If you're going to do it, you have to be a director and you have to be a writer too. You have to like do things that you can do while you're waiting for the other things to come through as you know. Yeah, And, uh, she so in her acting class, she has to pick monologues of things to do, like from movies and whatnot. I was like, go watch Bill Murray doing the it just doesn't matter speech where you're that. literally hearing cast members Laughs. laughing and almost busting the take. But, but it, like, worked it worked because you're leave in a in. camp room where right. he was like, leave it in. Just so the in. first night after they're getting crushed by Camp Northstar or Camp Mohawk, Camp Mohawk, Camp North Star, they're sitting around and they're all depressed. Mm-hmm. And everyone's mad. And Bill Murray gets up and delivers a speech, which I'm assuming he told no one about. I'm assuming he told, you know, you, I mean, we had the opportunity to work with you on Entourage. I know you just worked with Jay in a movie. There was so much that happened between us that we did not talk about. And it was so alive. And that's why we loved working with you. But like that, I'm sure he didn't tell people what he was going to say. And it was so goddamn funny. And I told my daughter, learn this speech learn this monologue and deliver it in your class. It's a guy. He's speaking to a thing, right. but who fucking cares? Just That's go so, do it. And she did it. I'm like, it's so fun. She right? was great that,
1: too. She was great. That's amazing. But by the way, getting up at school hmm. will probably in front of your classmates mm-hmm. is probably more terrifying than anything. Like yeah. once
0: you can do that, you can do anything. So you got to have lunch with them afterwards. And it's like, and gotta- the kids are
1: brutal. Oh, my brutal. God. My, kids m- are brutal. My niece, Pearl, um, i i hate her i gotta be a, no no i gotta be honest with you i <laughs> i fair. hate her it's fair l- l- well let me just give you just a few examples and you sure. tell me if i'm right or wrong because okay, you got your parents you're evolved sure mm-hmm. okay um i was showing pearl how to play the drums mm-hmm. and i and she had this 12 years old and she's in the pocket i'm like mm. pearl you have you have skills you, you could, could do you it. could be you a drummer this. she goes i've wasted my life playing the violin I said, you waste your life. You're twelve. Correct. I said, Uncle Jeremy. He, you know, he wants to be like a rock drummer someday. Sure. sure. So. You know, and I'm having a midlife crisis. And she goes, I think you're a little old to have a midlife crisis. She said you're a little old. for right. midlife crisis." So that's just one. OK, Which, by the way, sucks. And also, I kind
0: of agree with her because it's not really the middle of your life. Because let's be honest, you're going to be dead by 70. But brother, I'm so going to listen.
1: I'm going to live to 140 years old, so. kids, whether
0: you like it or not. I hope so. My I, kids okay? told so me just get used to it. My kids told me one time, Dad, we want you to live forever. I'm like, I want to live forever.
1: Want to live forever? No, my my You dog. say that now. I don't want to live forever. Dude, look at I was just hanging out with my mom. Okay, and she is in oh, her nineties. Nineties. Okay, 90s, and we had an incredible conversation. Is she happy? Does she ache?
0: Does she like wake up and like her has hurt herself? Got a lot of personal problems She hurt herself right, when huh? she's
1: sleeping. She aches for a better conversation than this. Oh, I'll okay. tell you that Jesus. much. No, no, no. Sorry, No, no, Mrs. literally. I, I We had a premiere the other night. She played my mom in this movie. She great. had an incredible time. She's still beaming from that night. We great. had a great conversation. That's We're awesome. really honest with each other. She gives it to me straight all the time. So what's wrong with that? So I, I know that we have a reference for like, oh, when you get older, fuck that shit. But it's like, I you know, could be can president be coherent no. forever.
0: You can't. Look at all the people who are living to 100. It's comedians. It's Norman Lear, it's yeah. Mel Brooks, it was Paul Reiner, Rob Reiner. Rob Reiner. Not, yeah, not yeah Rob Mel Reiner. Reiner. Yeah, not Rob Reiner. Carl Reiner. Carl Reiner. Reiner. Carl Reiner was like 96, and and Mel Brooks is now like 97, 98 yeah. years old. Yeah. Betty White. I mean, these yeah, people right. who are living today. It's like comedy keeps you young, and, it, and if you're lucky to dodge bad illness, yes. I think old people who have young hearts and who are wrinkles like, Those people are always young. And we will, I think we will always be that new heart. Also, it
1: pays to be really delusional. Like yes. the other night, my mom said, "You know, she's still looking for her role, right? Her great breakout role, and I love that." It's and great. by and by the way, what I did was <laughs> I no, I'm totally serious. Stranger thing. No, you're no, right. no. It's amazing. Yeah. You're, it's not amazing. you're not wrong. You're not wrong. No, no. are always searching. You're never too old. So, but
0: but it gives her something, a goal, something to love, and something to still reach for. I think people start when they kind of like start to just go off the cliff is when they're like, I don't have anything else to live for. Correct. I don't have anything to push for. Correct. And I'll it's say all behind this, me. I'll say this about yeah. stand up for us. So like I remember maybe 10 years ago was this. There was a great pilot, really funny pilot written. There was a role for twins in it. It was really funny and it felt like it was written for us. We go in and they're like, "You can read for it." We're like, "This isn't just going to be offered to us. This is so weird." So we go in and read for it. Do a great job. Feel like this is great. I, I, they're well, like, "Come, you're coming back tomorrow and you're testing for the network." Great, I'm we're gonna test. A do the yeah. test. Right. Our friend calls us like you from the room, and I was like, "You guys did great." I'm like, "We're gonna get this. Yeah. This is really funny." In addition to just getting a part, you love the part. It's great. Yeah. And then we've realized that what they wanted to do was just use one actor and split screen him and shoot it with the technology of just shooting them twice and we didn't get the role and we were because they had already shot a test with that one actor and edited it so it looked a lot better than our test that we shot just on the sony in the lot. room so it was just a little unfair and we were really upset and we were just like devastated we're like if we can't get this, what are we going to get in this world? And what, what roles are we going to get? And it just took – we were really down. But then we're like – we start getting on stage and we're performing stand-up and like one little new bit talk about the delusion one little new bit that we write starts to do well maybe it's we're shaping it and it's really good it starts to do well every time and you just forget about that and now the two are not equivalent in any way shape or form you would much also, rather Also that show did not get picked up. Right so we have the last laugh but like the universe did but the point is that like we deluded ourselves into just knowing that like if we can go on stage and create one thing that is funny that That is the test. That's the real test. So we didn't lose. We didn't get this part and it sucked that we didn't get it. And we were really down about it, but we still have, we know we're on the right path. We know what we're doing and that's what it can do. And it's so that takes just a little bit of delusion. Like your mom, she's like, I can't wait for that next role. Well, she's going to put it all into it. And that's what she's looking forward to.
1: Yeah. I mean, people don't really understand that it it takes insane perseverance and you will, you know, experience so much rejection. And that's why it's, that's, one of the real reasons it's not for everyone. Right. I mean, you guys are still, I mean, I don't know. And by the way, we can edit this out. But you told me a story where you guys are in the room and someone goes, oh, great. Yeah. A bunch of, white, w- bunch of white guys.
0: Yeah. Well, that's a lot of white guys. We were like, should we pitch this or are we not doing this? Right. Yeah.
1: And right there, you can just tap out.
0: Yeah. But we were also like, this idea is really funny, fine if that's not our time and you don't want it. We got more ideas. That's what you're taught as a writer too, is like network comes in and says, hey, this joke's not gonna fly. We can't do this joke or we don't like this. We don't think this is funny. So don't ever As get, a writer, you can never be like, well, that was my best joke and I'm done. You have to be like, okay, let's beat it. Let's beat it. Let's go down and beat it. That's what we have to do and we can beat right. it. And you know that when you're even just improvising takes on a, you get one and it's great and it's really good, but you're in the moment and you are the character and You know, that's when you're really jamming is when you're improvising as the character. It's not Jeremy improvising. It's not Randy or Jason. Holy shit. I don't even know where that came from. How did I think of that? Because I'm this guy. I've really inhabited this character fully that I can improvise. We have friends do... different voices on our podcast, they can do fantastic like versions of celebrity stuff. Yeah. And when our buddy Chris Cox improvises as like Dennis Rodman, it's insane. There's a moment if we're not looking at him or he's doing it over the phone or whatnot, where we know we had it. We were guest hosting Jim Rome's radio show. He called in and he started talking about how Kim Jong-un is a good guy. We're like, he's <laughs> not, not a good, good guy. guy. He's <laughs> not <laughs> a man. Good. He took me. He took me roller skating, man. And we're like, what, well, he took you roller skating? I mean, he's like, yeah, he's, he's a, a great good. guy, man. He's not a good guy. We keep saying he's not a good guy over and over again. The His lawyer, Rodman's lawyer, calls up like CBS Studios. like, hey, you got to tell Dennis to stop doing it. And we're like, that's our friend. That's our <laughs> <I> mean, friend. <laughs> You're a client. But like he was improvising as... This car- he gets so into it. He's so there. He knows where the dentist would go, and he knows where that is. That to me is just like again. That's where you're like, okay. Well, if this doesn't work, we'll just get the next thing. We'll just you know, we just we we can keep coming up with it. And all day. also, not a lot of people can do that. So we talk about how we just hung out last week working on this film. I don't know if we're allowed to talk about what absolutely, film is, but it's a basketball film. You play the coach of the Knicks in 1950 for uh, Nat Sweetwater Clifton's first, like he came from the Globe Chargers, one of the first African-American players to have a NBA contract in the league. Yeah. Fascinating story, really cool movie. I mean, Dreyfus is in the movie and Carrie Elwes is in with you and Kevin Pollock, our buddy's in it. And yeah. we, you know, I fell into the part through a friend of mine, didn't even have to read for it. He called Randy. Randy said, you haven't made your insurance yet. And I'm like, I know you go do it. So I came in and did it and as soon as we hit the court and we had stuff to do with each other, yeah, we just started going the way we go. The way we went on the entourage set years ago. You're the way you go in that fucking scene that I'll never forget. The ten years, man. Ten years. Where they basically <laughs> ran the basically two rounds of the dialogue, right? In, this is what we thought in uh it's the same the same dialogue twice. Gross point and blank. You second gross point blank. Where you're driving. To me, I park. was like, did he? Is he just running the scene twice as you're driving? And I'm and like, it, they left both both takes of the same round of dialogue in the scene. Why? Because you guys were because it makes sense. This and I would felt, run that whole scene over again because it, it felt so real. Felt so real. So I'm like, this is a guy who knows how to play. Obviously, we've done it before and we started playing, and we get out there and we start jamming, and then I'm you know threatening you with technical fouls and like all these lines are coming out of me that I didn't even like prepare. They just start coming out and I got a <laughs> pocket full of teas and, like, right. they, and and they call cut. And the, and no one can believe that we just did that. It was almost like we did a magic trick. And I'm like, Oh, I guess a lot of people can't and don't do this. Certainly not like someone in my size role walking into this show.
1: Well, yeah. And it was great. And, and it was so cool that you, you know, we talked a little bit about this. you, put your ego aside and yeah. you've done a lot of work. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't necessarily need to do a smaller role, but the reality is you come ready to play and now you've made a small role and you made a feast out of it. Yeah. And I know from that's, you know, what I've been doing as well, my, my whole life no, 100%. And, and you were just locked in and playing this straight man and beautifully. And I just knew that no matter what I threw at you, you would stay in character and you would come back truthfully. And I gotta say, like, I've always dreamed about playing a coach because yeah. it's such a fertile, comedic mm-hmm. premise totally. because they always lose their minds, always lose their minds, right? And so, okay. and thank god, Carry always was there, um, as the owner of uh, the Knicks at the time, and um. Because he's there to pull me back. So I know I can completely lose it and go after you. And he can pull me away. And I know that you will stay. You won't break. Not only will you not break, but you'll hit me with tags and zingers. And that's why people were looking at us like... What the fu- what the fuck just happened?
0: And you were saying that Carrie <laughs> watched that and it inspired <laughs> later. He wanted he's like, Can I go at you with this thing? I'm like, Yes. Uh, everyone please. wanted it. hundred
1: percent. You don't understand. The other coach, Paul Hip, goes, I want my now I want to lose my <laughs> yeah. mind. Now everyone on the set goes, I want my moment to go with at you. Jason, and then yeah. I gave I gave because your character didn't have a name and I named you Donnie Grossman. Yes. I and I'm so grateful you don't because you Because I'm calling your name in the middle of, of my rants. And and Everett Osborne, who plays Sweetwater is brilliant and yeah. great, and literally professional basketball player. Oh my this God. guy yes. was ripping yes. the rim down and making yep. every three pointer. Yeah. And he, yeah, he his head exploded when he was watching that. He, um, and. People were like, Are you okay? I was like, Why? Wow. They're like, It looked really pretty. You seemed really upset. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, Oh, no, no, that's the character. That's was upset. the point. But, uh, but I will tell you that my heart <laughs> I was feel racing.
0: I feel great. So when we finished, my heart was racing and I was like, I felt the fight or flight thing inside of me. And I'm like, <laughs> He did that to me. We did that to each other. We made that moment. Yeah. You don't get that a lot on sets. That doesn't always happen.
1: No, but not, you know, not to blow you up too much, but what you were doing is very, it's, it's not. Ah, this will sound so pretentious. It's not easy because you had to stay in character, stay truthful, stay present, um, be authentic, yes. and also comedic, and hit me with tags yeah. in the middle of all of it. So you were in the middle of a riot, <laughs> and you were still had the clarity, you know, to yeah. you know make a grocery list. Yes, you know, so, oh, that's, it, that's was really, really movie, it was really really fun. It was a blast. And and speaking of entourage, to go back to that because so many. People, it's interesting to this day, you know, doing this, I'm kind of new to the the podcast Mm -hmm. game, and it's been fascinating to see how many people still really gravitate towards Entourage, and they're kind of like, it's like comfort food for them, like, when is it coming back? Yeah, oh my God. And you guys had this relationship where your characters were the antithesis of, of your actual relationship because mm-hmm. you kind of hated each other. Yeah, oh my god.
0: Totally. It was so like my <laughs> character cheated on your character's wife and then you fired him. <laughs> right. Which to me is just great and so funny. Yeah, and then too. it and then the brilliance of that show and the brilliance of Hollywood is Hollywood doesn't care and the behind the scenes, they don't care about the morality of it all. The pro the bottom line was that like no. I was a better they you fired him or no. I fired I was, you because, because I was a better agent. And a better earner, but really Mary J. Blige. Liked my agent better. She in the in the show. And so, so should you, we tell our Mary J. Blige story? Do You, you want to hear our Mary from J. This, Blige for this, this week? Thing. I don't even know if you know this. No, this was so great. So Mary J. Of course is on the set of Entourage with her own entourage, and they're the all the coolest, sharpest people you've ever met. Yeah, and it is clear to us that nobody tells Mary J. Blige no. Like we realized that in her She doesn't have a no man in the entourage. Which I okay. believe every entourage should have someone who's just on staff to be like, don't no, do that. No. Right. Do not. <laughs> they look to him and like, Jerry, no. No. no? Do okay. not. No, do not. So she wa- shows up to the set in the hotel slippers that you're not supposed to leave the hotel with. So like someone in her entourage should be like, hey, hey Mary, put on We'll your get some shoes. slides for you. Just leave those at the hotel. Right? Right. No says that. She's walking around in those. So we're like, no one's telling her no, which is something. Just put that in the back. Okay. Right. So she, we do the whole week. I'm super psyched to be there. Beverly D'Angelo loves us. Like we're so connecting great. with her. Loved and it. love hanging with you. And Doug was great. Everyone was great. It was a wonderful, wonderful week. Actually, we were in that show, that episode so much that we were worried that people were going to hate us. Because we're like, man, we're doing seven scenes in this show. When guests Which is come typically, on, they do like two. Two scenes or three, maybe three. Right. We're like, we're in this whole episode. It's kind of about us and you. And it was, yeah. we're like, I hope people don't just like say, get the fuck off this screen and give me more turtle. We're like, but okay, we're, we're in it, we're doing our thing. And I'm with Mary a lot, we're working with her. and so I. So my, my character's name, just so you know, Randy, my character's name was Jim. And mine was Jeff. Jeff. Jason was Jeff and I was Jim. Very important to know this. Yeah. So I go up to Mary at the end of the week, didn't want to bother all week. I said, look, it was great working with you. Before we go, I just want to say huge fan of yours. Thank you for all your amazing work. And this was a treat. I didn't want to fanboy out, but I just want to say thanks. She looked at me like was genuinely touched put a hand on my shoulder looked me in the eye and she was like thanks Jim <laughs> to which, yeah. character? To My which? Character, to which? Jay said, "It's Jeff." Because literally, <laughs> you can't double correct her. I was you like, "She's not gonna know." Like, no. I think she thinks because she's playing Mary J. Blige that these are our names that we're all Jim just, and Jeff. That that's I'm not like this isn't are. an agency. This is a set. That's like, a I don't photograph know. behind the thing over there. That's Gosh. not a real agency. We're not so near funny. Beverly Hills right I now. I ran to tell Randy that story. I mean, it was, it was so, so funny. funny. You don't double I, correct her. You cannot. She's the queen, man.
1: Well, no drama. I mean, there's there's so much to unpack about that story. First of <laughs> all, we, we, we all need someone to give it straight to us yes, in our lives. Yes, yes, And yes. I am very much my father's son. My father had a problem speaking his truth always. Mm-hmm. He didn't have that little chip. Mm-hmm. So as you can imagine, he mm-hmm. offended a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And so do I, just mm-hmm. because I just do too much of, well, the truth. And then as yeah. my mom says, what are you doing? Stop, <laughs> stop, stop doing yeah. that. Yes. Right. Yes. So, um, but at the same time, I value, I would love people to give it to me straight. Mm-hmm. The you give know, it so you straight I look straight. for. I, should have. I you, could
0: have and should have, but I didn't.
1: No, no, you can't with her. And, no, no, and, I left that. <laughs> it's no, but, but also, what's funny you guys say about this isn't the real agency. I've had. You know, I just this one guy at a party, you know, ask if I could represent him. And yeah, I said, oh, of course. No, 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 I, you know, I'm an actor and that's a fictional character yeah. and we kind of had to break that you know, down. Let me
0: give you my reel. And you're like, that's, I... Yeah, oh, I was 40
1: man. movies in before I yeah. started the show, but okay, yeah. Sure. I'm, so so that stuff happens and, and we get that. and yeah. you know, So
0: here's what's so funny is like, you never, and this is the thing that I would tell anyone starting out. I would tell my daughter, she's starting out on this long road of what she's doing. You don't know what people are gonna know you from. You you just don't know, first of all, you don't know what project's gonna hit. You you don't like the best project in the world could have all the things, and then it just doesn't go anywhere. And you're like, why? Why didn't that go? That's why when things, you know, we're good friends with Zach Galifianakis from you know, do from doing stand-up in New York, and this guy was like always just the best stand-up, so fun. Everyone would watch him, he would crush all the time. The best person, so cool. And he's great, and he had a show on VH1 that was actually really funny but didn't go anywhere, and people considered it a failure. We're like, you know how hard it is to get a show on the air and whatnot? Then he gets to be the most Zach he can possibly be in The Hangover, which is the biggest comedy at the thing. And it just explodes in that everybody gets to see him. And it's like you just can't tell when it's gonna be or what the thing is gonna be. You just don't know what people are gonna know you from. So like, yeah, you did 40 movies ahead of time. I'm sure there are people who just know you from Entourage. They're like, that's all I that's But who. if I told I told my wife I'm coming here, the amount of times she's seen the movie Serendipity, the amount the, the what she loves, our relationship with what you did in gross point blank, which I think right. is a brilliant movie, but that whole arc Among of what you him, did many things, but I, you know, but that you don't know what's going to connect with people and you don't know which thing's going to just start. No,
1: taking you, you really don't whatsoever. And listen, if Todd Phillips hadn't fallen in love with Zach Galvanakis, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that wouldn't have happened. That's right. He really got him. Yeah. And he wrote that for him and played into his strengths. If John Favreau, didn't have Downey's back. Mm-hmm. Downey would be taking mushrooms in a, in a race car bed somewhere with yeah. children, yeah. you know, barking and <laughs> yes. walking in circles. Yeah, and we celebrate him with the power of Christ. Mm-hmm. And I'm Jewish, yeah. but you know what I mean. Yes. So, so yeah, there, you Amen. need you know there there are need very a little luck need a little luck.
0: You, you, you need you, a little luck with this world. I've, do you know that like James Taylor was brought to light because of the Beatles? I had no clue. Yeah, they, He has had a heroin problem, which, that by funny. the way, you completely get from all of his music. Yeah, I <laughs> know. Uh, yeah. But James Taylor had a heroin problem. But James Taylor was this young kid who like singer songwriter. George was, Harrison's like to their people. You gotta listen to this guy. Now, if they hadn't said that, maybe he finds his way. Maybe his the genius that is James Taylor finds its way to the surface. Uh, and, and then
1: George Harrison falls in love with monty python and goes here let me write you a check for exactly. your movies exactly so exactly y- yeah mm-hmm. you just you you really never know you and i were talking about this on set the other day because you come in and no one saw it coming you know um but the the guy that runs base camp was like oh man i love mm-hmm. he's a great comic he's like i'm gonna give him a better trailer i was like yeah <laughs> i love <laughs> when the good guy wins yes. You Mustafa, know, my
0: man. Yeah, yeah that was yeah, awesome. I was yeah, like, it fuck cool. yeah, that's yeah, that was really,
1: great. really cool. Very yeah, nice. you, you never know. You know, and you and you guys right now could go, you know what, man, we're 50. Mm-hmm. What are we doing? Mm-hmm. And the reality is next week it could just be a completely it could be an insane. We game just did
0: we just did a handful of episodes on can we mention it? I, I think, think we can mention it. it on uh what we do in the shadows. New Phenomenal season, yeah. new season. I was telling you about that. Yeah. So we have a bunch of small things that lead up to a really big episode. Episode, probably around the same size as the entourage episode in terms yeah. of what our involvement is you know that show is international because of the australian you know the australian movie or the new, new zealand. zealand movie but it had australian undertones and the fact that it's all british actors and they're all very huge in england right now so it has like this thing that we're doing is insane as far as like in the lore of the whole show it's such a great Story. Story, arc, and bit for the characters of the whole show. This may be the only thing that people, a large swath of people have ever seen us ever do. But we, so this, to jump out of that to a place, and I want to hear what you think about this, because we, we've been doing this for a long time. We have this theory of the ladder. We talk about the ladder in our, in our minds. We're on a ladder. We're climbing this ladder trying to be successful okay if you think of the the analogy is a ladder when you're climbing a ladder you're never looking down as you're climbing the ladder you're always looking up that's just how it is you're grabbing the next rung and you're just seeing the asses of the people above you who <laughs> are doing better than you and are like, mouth full of ass <laughs> and you're like why am i not doing what he's doing why am i smelling look his look at how ass high is. up this guy why am i doing and that's your perspective on a ladder is always up and you're looking at it. every once in a while you have to take a moment and look down, pause, look down and be like, holy shit, look how far up this ladder we've come. Even if we're not where we wanna be ultimately or whatever. Look at how far down, there's a bunch of people on the ladder below us. Yeah. Then there's a line of people to get onto the ladder.
1: Yeah. That
0: line then goes around a corner where people are waiting, they don't even know there's a ladder. They're just like, they're in this line. Then there's other people who walk by, see the line and be like, I wish I had the guts to get into that line.
1: Right. So. And then there are people that pull the ladder out from underneath they you. They try to. Which is very, very interesting. <laughs> that's and it's adorable. It, makes it hard And to then stand. you got to look up again <laughs> you know and then start to do beep. That's, 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 that's right. That's right. right.
0: <laughs> but that's it. But I mean, that's, that's the way we see it. So we, you have to have yeah. perspective.
1: Like, totally. Totally. And, you know, to make another um, cl- analogy slash cliche, When you look down, for instance, on the tightrope, that's when you fall Mm -hmm. because you can't do that. I hear what you're saying about perspective. Yeah. But at the same time, and and if it's possible to, you know, there's this great book, The Four Agreements. And one of the things is like, you know, forget about expectations and Mm -hmm. stop comparing yourself to Mm -hmm. other people because there's nothing healthy about that. No, nothing. None of us are on the same trajectory Mm -hmm. at all. You know what I mean? And if I, once you start doing that, you're going to get in your own head and start beating yourself up and you take every opportunity. Like you could have easily just been on set, been like, man, I, I'm better than this. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I'll just, I'm just going to hear, I'll just be here and clock in, do my that's thing, get out. But you crush it. And then you just never know. Those producers are like, wait, who, wait, this guy, we got we to get we, him
0: in this. Yeah, that's always yeah. been for us. We're like, give us the little opening. Give us the opening and we will... Yeah, because we, people, media are like, oh, twins, is that their whole thing? And we're like, no, 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 no. We can be individually good. We want to be the Beatles. We want to be individual people who are great on their own. And when they come together, it makes something special that doesn't have to do with twins. But the fact that we're twins is unique and interesting and cool. And it's part of what we can play that, but we can do anything. And so getting to do that by myself... Proves that to me and reminds me that I can do that. And, you know, for both of us, the same thing with him,
1: with, with and, what he was doing. And it is interesting because people may know you. Let's say they know you from Entourage and they don't even realize that you guys do stand up. Right. So, like And then someone be, sees you do stand up and they're like, wait, they're right they They can do that well?
0: too. Yeah, I know. Yeah. There are people who know us. Just and there were them. no twins doing stand up. There were no, there are no teams anymore really doing stand up. None.
1: Why I mean, is that?
0: Because, well, people always ask us, they say, what's. What's the best part about being a team, a comedy team? And we're always like, we get to split the money. (laughs) <laughs> they let they let us they do it. Isn't they let that let you nice that. that they let that's us? Amazing. They allow us. They let us do it. Uh, what a great
1: perspective!
0: So I nice. think that is a deterrent. It's to people. A somewhat of a deterrent, and I also think
1: <laughs> it's hard to. And be then an you team. get to split it again I'm, with the government yeah. Yeah. and your manager, your manager, managers. Oh, so, uh, and they're so passionate and present. I mean, agents us, aren't they? They're the
0: ones doing all the work. They, they indeed. They put the gas in the car that is your career. Oh no, that's us. Oh, and then we drive it. So. No, but yeah, I mean, for for us as a team, there were no other teams. First of all, we came from St. Louis, so there was no one in our life that was in this business. No one was like, we didn't even have the benefit of like an Uncle Steve who did comedy. It was just like, I think we want to do this. How do we do this? Let's go. We never even talked about like, we should prop do you want to go on stage and then i'll go on stage we're like nope we love comedy let's just get on stage and start doing it we didn't even have a plan we this high school that we were just stepping on stage being like mid 80s we love comedy so much we just want to start doing it and writing our own stuff and putting it out there and of course it sucked in the beginning and you got to figure out your way it's the process and the way it goes there's stuff we're learning now that after doing it for you know 30 some odd years that 35 years that like we're like, Oh my God, we can do this. Or, Hey, like slow down to pace yourself, allow things to wait. We hosted a, an award show this past weekend. We were hosting an award show for the real critics choice, real TV awards, which was super fun. And there was just a moment where they're just like not ready for what we're about to do at the beginning of the show. I think our, what was our opening? The, uh, the my favorite joke that we wrote the whole time was that, um, we're talking about Caesar Milan, you know, the dog whisper mm-hmm. that he is divorced which were like, you know, apparently he can't make everyone stay. And I said, or, <laughs> and I said, or come. Right. So, uh, those are good. That's a good joke. That's a Stop top shelf, tight, tight, yes, joke. get the good whiskey off the top shelf. Ooh. A tight joke. Let me say the joke Oof. about married to real estate. Like, uh, have you seen the show Married to Real Estate? No, that's not about Jeff Bezos' his girlfriend. All right, so make that joke. <laughs> then we're like, not that's a lot of laughs. We're like, that's a prime joke. You'll, You'll get, get it, tomorrow. it tomorrow, and by yeah. tomorrow we mean in three weeks because of the supply chain. Whatever. We made all these jokes. Yeah, and there's and moments-
1: by the way, Jeff Bezos, when he totally stays on brand, doesn't he? Because he went for his wife's. Friend, right. so if you don't like this product, yeah, you, might like, you this. might like this. like Very similar this. product. Other people who've he, ordered
0: this have also ordered, ordered this. this. Really, I he's like on this.
1: brand. I really love it. He's and adorable. Way, he had
0: her in his cart for like two years. <laughs> <laughs> it kept coming. <laughs> Had her in his cart. That's and she joke.
1: was married to Patrick Weitzel, who's who's mm-hmm. viciously good-looking, mm-hmm. and, you know, the head of William Morris Endeavor That's represents right. Ben Affleck and, That's right. and Matt Damon. And by the way, and sorry to go on this rant right now, but, but Matt Damon, you know, uh, was the face of Bitcoin. Yes. And since... He came out. He did such a nice job in this commercial, and he said, "You know, fortune favors the brave." And Bitcoin has gone down seventy eight percent since that commercial. Yeah, fortune favors you Matt Damon. Be really brave. And what's int- has <laughs> got really brave. And um, what's interesting is they paid him. And and I apologize for this rant. They paid him a hundred million dollars oh, in course. Bitcoin. Um. I hope no, not. Yeah exactly. <laughs> sure yeah, exactly. He made sure it wasn't. He made sure it wasn't. No, no. Like, you
0: wanted a Bitcoin he's like,
1: no. 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 Right. US currency, <laughs> yes. old school currency. Gold bullion. <laughs> indeed, stacked uh-huh, up, uh-huh. right? Bars. And so I went and took a look and and Maddie, uh who's a brilliant actor, was right. on Entourage, you Oh, you know, my great guy. So Mensch, so men, family good. man, yes, has yes. not and and so prolific has not made a movie that has made more than a hundred million in ten years. They paid him a hundred million for a day's work. Dude. And you know, and now Bitcoin has gone down, and I'm looking at Kyle, my producer, who convinced me to put all my money in Bitcoin. Oh my and, God! And dude. By the way, I'm broke. Right. And smart. I'm furious at way him. Way to go? He's bro. broke too. Just wait, wait. Wait, wait. for what? Just it'll all to apple. me to go to Matt Damon's house. Yeah. Good, goodwill hunting. That's I'm right. I'm gonna hunt down fucking that. I like these apples. Are you kidding me? I like a good them will, apples. I'm badwill hunting. <laughs> That's right. All right? That's right. Fuck that guy. That's
0: right. He got Jeez. you Because what happened he was- He hooked you. He hooked you. He, hooked he, hooked me, you. he didn't hook me. Yeah.
1: I went, this is the red flag. Right. This right. is when it's like every, you know, because they literally, when you pay someone a hundred yeah. million for yeah. that, they're like, it's a shell game. They knew everyone was going to come on right. mm-hmm. and they got out mm-hmm. when it was on top. They're living the dream. Now the money that I put in is worth eleven dollars. And right. do I sit tight? They I don't know. You, you bought a zoo,
0: zoo, is what
1: you did. You bought a goddamn <laughs> to, to, zoo. To quote,
0: to quote Matt Damon, yes, "You bought a zoo. We bought a zoo." Uh, I don't
1: want Matt Damon's petting zoo. Fuck Matt I Damon. Mean either in Ohio, Seriously. forget it.
0: Yeah, uh, <laughs> this is a bad zoo. There's like two dogs over there in their yeah. cage. It's like a, cat. a fucking ferret's not a zoo. I know. I know. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it is. It's insane. I mean, it, again would we're kind of living through it right now. I don't know if you're a golf follower, but this whole, like, live golf thing, which is the Saudi Arabian golf, like... Saudi Arabian-backed golf league is just backing up the brinks truck and saying to all these pga players come right join us so you can literally sports wash our image from killing an american journalist just so that we now have golf events and greg norman is in it and like they're paying i mean tiger woods to his credit said no i won't do it for 200 phil mickelson was like give me some phil mickelson was like he just showing up looking like a divorced dad i'm surprised he didn't have an earring He was looking... He was on his way. Yeah. And and that's just like, yeah, let's throw money at it. Throw money at it. Throw money at it. And then it'll clean it up and no one will care. And everyone will be like, it's great. Look at all these great people who are being a part of this thing. It's so. But how does that relate to all the shit we were talking about before? I think it's that you can't make what we're doing about the money and it has to be about how you feel emotionally as you're doing it and how you connect with what you're doing. Yeah. That's why stand-up has saved us <clears throat> so many times. It's yeah. not how we, that's why real talent just figures out a way and people who don't have talent who were lucky at any point fall off. They just you just can't stay on. You got the you you can be lucky and you can have your moment and have your break. But like for the most part, real talent figures out a way to make it back up. Right. And if you love doing the stand up part or you love like you're starting to do stand up like you're going to put the time in. You can for everyone who said we were a gimmick act when we first came out in the late 90s, everyone who said you guys are this, you guys are that we're still here. We're still here. Right. We fought through for two and a half decades and we're still here. Yeah. We're getting better all the time. So it's like, you know, are we there yet? Are we the best comics out there? No. Are we, do we wish we could be better? Of course. But like, we're just, Still plugging away, and we love what we're doing, and like, we love right. what we're doing. This so, hour that we have right now, which will ultimately be a special, is like our favorite hour that we've ever done. So, to go out on the road, if where we go to do it, we're so excited. I mean, you saw some of it in Austin, you know, that's yeah. like our favorite st- right now. Like, yeah. we have some of our favorite bits that we've ever written in this hour right now, but
1: I think people also don't realize that what you're doing is even a higher level of difficulty. And the only reason I know it is intrinsically is because I I I've been doing it, but also growing up and doing improv and story theater. Yeah. We had this thing, yeah. where, where you would tell a story and you would finish the other person's sentence, and you had to tell a story by doing that. Yeah. and that's what you guys do mm-hmm. on stage. Mm-hmm. So it's like you know that they you know they say yeah Fred Astaire was pretty good, Ginger Rogers did all that backwards. One of you mm-hmm. has you both have to be totally present and finishing the other guy's sentence. That's and right. It's it cool ain't and, easy.
0: And it's so much of, and you understand this from an acting perspective and from too. from improv. And listening. from improv, it's all about listening. So you what? need to be- ta- <laughs> What? You See? Need be, you need to be talking <laughs> and listening at the same time. A very difficult thing to do, but yes. also like yes. those who do that, those who are present. And by the way, so hard to do on a TV show when you have a million takes to do
1: something is to really find yourself to be in that moment. If you're truly present and listening and engaged in character- you can do no wrong. That's right, and it sounds so simple, but it's the truth. It There's so much going on. You don't. It's called playing without the ball. Right. Like Steph Curry never stops moving. He never stops H- moving. Yeah, half of his half night. of his genius is are all these moves and cuts that he makes in order to be open, open to sink that shot. And even if
0: he's not open and doesn't get the ball, the dude who's guarding him has to run around and guard him, and he's tired at the end of it, and maybe.
1: The Three next shots time later. You're yeah. Three
0: shots later. There's more distance, and you get your shot up, and you make it. It's like there's an attrition that that happens, but it's the same thing. You just, yeah, people who are new to acting are like, "What do I do with my hands in the scene? Where do I? What do I do? How about nothing? You, How
1: about just? It's all right in front of you, man. Do just, just, do whatever this come, character would, would do. do.
0: Yeah, be in that be guy. that, and it'll tell you what your hands do. I <laughs> so the first. The, the first episode of Entourage I did wasn't even with Randy. I just auditioned. And so cut. we came in to audition, and I auditioned for the part that Brian Callen got, mm. and, but I made it down the road. So I had made it back to callbacks and producers for that role, and Jay made it back for the thing that had one line. The, all of us was one line. So Brian's was like two or three episodes, and it was you know coming in a few times. His was just one line. So they, then they were like, okay, you know what? you're going to be upset about this. You're not getting this. We're giving this to somebody else, but we're going to write a bigger episode for you guys down the road. And he wound up getting to do a couple so of scenes. So this was, uh, we were taping that other building filming on sunset. Remember upstairs? Oh, like hot. hot. Yeah. And we we're upstairs and I have one line, it's, which it almost is harder than having a bunch of lines. Yeah. One line with no cream cheese with the bagels or some lie. I forgot what it was. Like, yes. I can't even remember, but it was in this scene. Yeah. I'm in a room with a bunch of these people. Camera comes in as you and these, all these like extras are just, they're like deer in headlights. They're not doing mm. anything. And the director, I don't even know if you saw this, but he was pissed. He's mm. like, I'm walking in here and you're looking at the camera and you're fucking standing there doing nothing. And what are we doing? And he left. And I was like, guys, do you wanna be actors? Do you wanna fucking be actors? Mm. This is your moment right now. Mm. This, we don't have to, no one has to tell you what to do. Who are we? We're a group of people milling around before our boss, who we are all terrified of, is going to come into this room. So put the nervousness in your body. Talk about some stupid thing. You can talk. Yes, talk. I'm like telling them. I'm like, why am I directing the extras? But yeah. And let's get this going because when he comes in, the guy we're all afraid of, I'm going to confront about some little thing and then he's going to yell at me. That's the scene. Mm-hmm. Are you guys nervous? Do you hate it? I even told them. I think we were writing a movie years ago for – Dimension films and we were and they were like, when Harvey or Bob Weinstein comes into this office, it's like a cloud has come over. Like it gets colder in the office. And and, and people they're Faces. like they just are nervous and intense and we felt it like we'd come into like pitch or work with them on a thing and, and everybody's everyone's happy and they're fine and the next day we come in and everyone's like super tense and we're like are they here And they're like, like yeah, yeah they're two floors it's below down. us we're like two floors below Which us means they you- could come up at any time rip one of our heads off and fire us i'm like that's how you guys have to be right now this fucking guy who's a tornado is going to come in and he may take your fucking head off and like I'm like that, but that's probably why none of you guys are going to do anything else because you want it, but you're not doing the thing that we need to be doing in this moment. So you had the one line and then that one line turned in, then Jay was like, all right, I'm leaving because he was done with his scene. And the director said, Hey, no, no, no. I want you to like walk across the back of this thing and like. It's what you're talking about, what you do in the background, like in this moment. And they're going to say something and you're going to look back. We'll catch you in this thing. And then it became like more that other thing. And then maybe that gave them confidence to come. I mean, Dace and confused. the scene where like the parents come in and they're like, we're not leaving. You know, like, fuck it. We're not Not having the Not having the party. But they walk in or they're like, you're not having a party tonight. And there's the guy just Rory, just Cochran just took a huge hit. And he's sitting in the egg chair. And I know the whole scene's over there, but I can't stop watching he's him. He just he's puts the weed under his shirt, and he's just this and holding, holding in holding in weed. And your eyes are on him the whole fucking scene. That, everything Absolute. else is going over here, but you're just and, watching. And
1: by the way, it just, you know, these people that were, you know, didn't know what to do, they either truly didn't know what to do or they were scared out of their minds. Mm-hmm. And so you really help them. And sometimes it just takes, as you know, communication to help someone to be specific. And then they either can execute it or they can't. That's it. But if someone isn't specific, then, you know, what can you do? And they're kind of lost. You mentioned Gross Point Blank that I did with Cusack. He and I started a theater company a million years mm-hmm. ago. So he and I were on shorthand. So my role in that as my first 40 movies, I have no lines. So it's all about just figuring out who this character is and improvising and and kicking it. And so that they're either you know, not, you know, wanting me to bring it down, they've had enough of me and it may be awkward or giving them something that they like. I was a regular on Ellen at the time when mm-hmm. she was doing her sitcom mm-hmm. and they let me go for a minute to go and shoot very quickly, gross point blank. And Cusack and I, cause we knew each other and right. started on stage at eight years old together yeah. at the Piven Theater. Mm-hmm. So we're just on shorthand, you're absolutely oh. right. We would just run the scene, you know, in groups and so started improvising, and then there was the, you know, it just was very alive so we could do it. I felt it. And, and I loved it because when I was doing Ellen, I'll never forget. This is a, a story that I've never told, which is kind of an, an interesting uh, journey in terms of an actor's life. I The, the show Ellen came to me um, a million years ago when I had – been auditioning for other shows and and whatnot and and i got very lucky and and the guy that was running nbc at the time warren littlefield like Mm -hmm. came to me and said like hey man you know he was he was really really kind and i i after larry sanders this is after larry sanders and and um you know he said you know we have we'd love for you to do your own show here Mm -hmm. and i was like oh my god that would be incredible he goes we have this new show this little show called friends that we're going to try to mm-hmm. uh, launch and maybe we can pair you up with that. And, um, and, and then the people from Ellen came to me and they'd already been on the air for three years. Mm-hmm. And I told my agent, I was like, Oh, I, you know, I, I saw that show. I, it's not really for me. I don't, I know it ha- it is a great audience. I don't really, it's not my thing. Right. I wouldn't know how to fit in. And right. I met, I met with these, with these people, you know, the producers, of, of ellen and i said guys thank you so much man i i wouldn't know what to do on this show i don't it's not my thing and they said that this is exactly why we want you mm-hmm. i said really that you're so different and i said yeah but i've but offered my own show over here on nbc and they said yeah and i said but i have a lot of freedom on that show and i can you know be a creative kind of partner with right. them could can i improvise can i turn in scripts and storylines they're like Whatever you want, you could do whatever you want. I was like, "Really? Wow!" This is Ellen show, though. They're right. like, "Whatever you want." Smash cut to first day on set on the Ellen, and and you know they you, when you're doing the sitcom, you do a couple passes. Sure. They do the one pass. I say my line, and it doesn't get a laugh. And I was like, oh, "Okay, let me let me let me tweak. Let me yeah, let me tweak yeah, it a bit." Sure. So mm-hmm. then I tweaked it. Laugh. It got a laugh. Cut. What's going on? Now you sign a six year contract. So I signed a six year contract. Mm-hmm. What's going on? And they all come over to me. and They go, "What are you doing?" I said, "Oh, wh- where? was I not on my mark? What's going on?" They're like, yeah. "No, you don't improvise." Yeah. And I remember everything started going into slow motion, mm-hmm. and I just started feeling like queasy. I was like, "Oh, I just signed a six-year contract. I didn't take my own show on NBC yeah. with this new little show called Friends mm-hmm. to do to play the fifteenth banana in the background behind Ellen and not be allowed to." And by the way, as to go back to what we were saying before. It's your job to go, okay, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. I'm going to knock it out of the park. Or at least not lose my mind. That's right you know yeah. and just hold it together and that's all part of it but I'll never forget one more little thing sure. so yeah. as I'm okay. meeting with these women on Ellen I go to the bathroom and I see Clooney and at the time he's on the cover of People Magazine the sexiest mm-hmm. man who ever you know came ever out of her womb he, and yeah. still he's to this right. moment yeah, he still really taking a victory lap he is. and so, deserves so, it he absolutely God Silver Fox wow out. I couldn't I mean, sleep last <laughs> night so how do we make Clooney more money to look into his eyes oh it's just incredible indeed so I'm going to the bathroom, he goes, Hey, it looks like you're on a business meeting. I go, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I, you know, this show, Ellen, this sitcom, he goes, Do they, they they're running Ellen? I go, Yeah, he goes, That show's amazing. I go, Really? He goes, Yeah, it's incredible. That show is incredible. So, dude. his hot you, sold you, 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 on it. you have you, you have a chance to be on Ellen. I, I go, know. Yeah, they want me to be a regular. And at the time, I'm like, well, George Clooney loves it. That's and, right. Uh, <laughs> Clooney, all it took was a Clooney. A Clooney, Clooney paid a 20-year yeah. practical joke on me. <laughs> I, am, I am still paying for that practical because that's his thing. He does practical jokes. I doubt he ever saw the show. No, I
0: mean you never. Clearly, he's a really he's a funny guy. Jay and I were like we're hanging out with Stephen Tobolowski. We had done a movie with him. He's done every movie. The guy's hilarious and mm-hmm. interesting. we were getting sushi in the valley, and he was, and it was like a week night. What was the name of the Kazu? Kazu. We're hanging yeah. on Kazu. It's like no frills. Mm-hmm. Great food. No one's in there but us and him. And then another table, and we kind of the other table of people, and they're just you know they're having fun and whatnot. And then someone comes up from the other table and walks over and starts talking to Stephen Tobolowsky, and it's George Clooney, and we're looking at him. and We're like, dude, you are the best looking person I've ever seen in my entire like life. And he's funny, and he's no, like charming, and charming, and, and, sweet. and whatnot, and like gagging around. And I was like, I'd fuck him. I mean, truthfully, right. truthfully, if Absolutely. he told me to go do Ellen, I'd be like, sure, mm-hmm. right. Literally go do Now, it. have you done Ellen's talk show?
1: I have not.
0: You have not. Neither have we. And, and there you go. And it's, now, it's,
1: now it's over. Now it's you will over. not get
0: a chance to do Ellen's talk show. But, yeah. uh, you know, I mean. Those but we're things,
1: here doing our own show. We're yeah. here doing this right now. This is what we do. So, we, we go and we talk to each other exactly. for long periods of time. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're like children. Remember when you were a kid? You're like, I'm going to have my own talk show. And suddenly we do.
0: You kind of do. It's I kind of love surreal. it. You can go it. deeper than a regular <laughs> talk show, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. It is like we're kids. But yeah. why? But that's what we love about it, right? Right. We get to ask the question. Like your was... mom. Keeps her young. Doing the thing of, you know, figuring out how am I gonna put Play on this, a show. I didn't show even tell G.S. you
1: guys how she got the role. So I'm, i I to this day I run lines with my mom. I talk about that in, in my stand-up act. I love it. And she's she's amazing. And she she's so committed. And and again, this is, you know, her chance to be creative. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's the, the, the thing about older people is they want to feel vital. Of course. And this is a chance. And by the way, selfishly, I'm the one who wins because she always has something fascinating. She asks me the best questions. But she always digs in and plays the character and does the accent I love of it. whoever you're playing but, against. You're, whoever. Yes. So I'm doing I'm doing a Boston accent. I'm playing a racist. This movie came out this weekend called The Walk. Mm -hmm. It's about the uh, dismantling of segregation in Boston, Mm -hmm. 1974. I'm playing a pretty despicable character. And she's playing my mother, and she starts, you know, doing the accent. Mm -hmm. And and she's just digging in, and it's really, like, pitch perfect. I'm going... I'm just going to film her because my mom, you know, she's not, she literally was around like before radio. Wait, so is like, she in you, the room with you? Yeah. You're together. Okay. We're together. Uh-huh. So I'm just filming her very casually uh-huh. because I also want the director to hear my accent, which is pretty aggressive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for him to go, yeah, okay, cool. Or, or no, it's too much, right. whatever. It's good work. Yeah. Or what in God's name is that? Right. So <laughs> I send him the tape and he goes, who, who, who's, who's that playing your mom? I go, why? He goes, She's amazing. But would, would would she do the role? I go, that's my mom. He goes, That's your mom? I go, mm-hmm. yeah. He goes, he goes, would she do it? I go, let me ask her. And she was
0: thrill. That's the greatest. You got your mom a job. Yeah. That's the coolest thing ever. Holy shit. Because it's way better than reading with a casting director. And guess what? To your mom and that's a lesson to all of us is no matter if you're reading with someone to help them for a thing, you just do it. And you do it and you do a good job and you have fun with it and you explore it to its end degree because you might be the person they're looking for to do this thing. You might be the guy to play the ref and then take that moment and blow it out and make it a bigger thing and then uh, it's like... Got to take those shots. It's a great story. Very cool.
1: So let's see how in God's name do we wrap this up? What is next for you guys? Uh,
0: We have a show coming out on UFC Fight Pass. It's a reboot of our old show, Cheap Seats, where we riff on old, weird sporting events. In this case, it's old UFC, original UFC, back before there were weight classes. Oh Back that's when amazing. UFC one, first episode. <laughs> so of the we'll watch Friday. like the first thing, and then different things in the show will pop us out and we'll do sketches and stuff for it too. So in the first season of episodes, John Hamm, Andy Richter, Tony Hale, Marilyn Cub, Rob Cordry all did stuff. So we'll be calling you to do something. I would something. love to yeah, for we'll sure. Do, we'll I'd love to. I'm a, I'm a huge
1: UFC fan. I great. think it's so needed. And you guys know, first of all, they're huge fans of comedy. They're a supporter of Adam Hunter. Yeah. Who yes. is yeah. who is a legend as we yeah. know. Yeah. Sweet dude. Yeah. Great, 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 great comic. And so yeah. they they support it. And you never know. I mean, the UFC Reach is so great. Oh my God. We're so excited and we love this show. We've loved the six
0: episodes we've done. We hope that we get a chance to do more. But I mean that has been a blast. So that's coming out in August. Uh what we do around. in the shadows new season starts in July and so that'll
1: you'll see us on that. I mean, can you imagine Taika is such an absolute genius, The best, isn't he? So great. I mean, Jojo Rabbit, I just, I can't ever turn it off. Incredible.
0: I love Incredible. all the choices he made. And I was listening to an interview of him where he was like, I didn't even try the accent. I did my New Zealand accent for that character. I was like, or he's like, I didn't even push a German accent. I'm like, he didn't he really. Didn't. He, he didn't. And he's like, because it was fantasy. And I'm like, Yes. Yes, and it also weirdly humanized our most hated person in the history of our universe. It's just so amazing. 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 Yeah, he's great. So I'm excited that we get a chance to do that. So watch for us on that. And then our podcast, we have a Dumb People Town, which you will come and do, which is just us exploring and riffing on the dumb stories that happen in this world. And then we do a sports podcast called View from the Cheap Seats. So all of that is out in the world wow. and you can see us. And yet up. you
1: somehow have a family and you're terrible dads. What? Yes, no, our, our terrible kids. Dads. Hate. What? No,
0: <laughs> <they> ask <laughs> our kids. We say it's like we go we only travel like a few days a month to do stand up, mm-hmm. but if you ask our kids, it's like we live. You're out, gone all the time. You live out of a suitcase. It's like the scene in Annie Hall where, like, she goes to her therapist and her therapist's like, "How often are you having sex?" And she's like, "All, all the, the time, time like three two, times a week." And then it and cuts to him. And it's like how much split time? Split screen to how, him. How often are you having sex? He's like, "Hardly ever, three times a week." It's like, <laughs> all perspective. It all is how you. I think we're doing a great job parenting these kids. Exactly. Just ask if you us.
1: ask us, we're doing awesome. It was funny the other day we were on set and you were saying like, "My kid is." something about he sent you something all caps
0: yes he said he, he was like we were fighting a little bit on text and then he was like I love you dad all caps and I was like why are you yelling at me and he's like because it was funny I was like okay <laughs>
1: it's beautiful it's great but the, but that's awesome that you can you can have that duality and and, and do it all and still be completely twisted a twisted human oh, being yeah. not lose your edge but still be a good person so I celebrate both of you thank and you thank Chris, you, for, you for coming on how you live in jay piven i love it thank, thank you, you all right
0: how you live in J piven is a common enemy original podcast producer is kyle tequila theme song by common to leave a message for jeremy go to speakpipe.com slash jay piven catch all new episodes of how you live in J piven every wednesday on youtube and everywhere you get your podcasts